Hello, welcome to the Evolution Sports Podcast, Volume 7. I'll be Ferraro, here with my co-host Dave Sanders. On this week, we're going to be doing a pulse check, uh, talking the NFL through 11 weeks. As you guys remember on the previous one, we did some winners, losers, talked about rookies. We're going to kind of do the same thing here. So, uh, Dave, I'm going to kick it over to you. Uh, where do you want to start? Let's recap some of the things we talked about last week. So we talked about how impressive the Rams were. Nothing's changed there. Even without Cooper Cup, they're still on fire. Um, that game this week between the Chiefs and Rams really set the bar pretty high for this season with, I think, 105 points in total. Uh, did you get to catch that? Uh, yeah, I caught, a, caught the first half. I'm going to be an old man, so I don't stay up as late as I used to. But I know the over of 64 points. Uh, one of my coworkers has a bookie that he bets with, and I was like, "Dude, you got to hammer that over because it's yeah. going to be a shootout." Um, how what was your takeaways from that game? I hope it's a Super Bowl rematch. Um, both offenses were, you know, a top flight. The defense for the Rams made a couple more plays that came up big, um, turned over Mahomes a couple times, but I can't wait to see those teams play again. And they're probably both of my favorites coming out of the AFC and NFC, respectively. I'd probably agree 100% on that. Uh, it's uh, pretty much offensive wizardry at that point. I think the thing that I took away most was two of the best rushing teams, um, both the Chiefs and the Rams have, you know, top flight running backs, top rushing, top, some of the top rushing offenses, um, decided that they didn't feel like running and they would throw the ball even against poor rushing defenses. Uh, speaking of the Chiefs, and we did talk Patty Mahomes. Uh, whew, he's probably my leading MVP candidate. You know, currently he's he's going 37 and 10, uh, so his pace has slowed down just a little bit. Um, but he has been outrageously good. Yeah, he's been terrific. Um, currently on pace for 54 touchdowns and 15 picks. I know we made predictions back last time. I had him at 46 touchdowns, which he's going to blow past. Um, 13 interceptions, that seems to be in the ballpark. He had 52 touchdowns and eight picks. So the record for Manning is 55 on pace for one shy of it. Do you think he gets there? Um, I, th- I think he does. Um, I don't think they're going to take the, the foot off the gas there. I'm uh, kind of looking at the schedule. They've got a few kind of weaker passing teams. He's going to be real close. Like I said, he's on pace for 54. He got back up to it with that big performance Monday night. But, I mean, you look at his passing grades, he's pro football focus as number two on the season right now. So, only behind Drew Brees. And Drew Brees, I think, is at 27-1. and one. So, he's, he's really looking fantastic. He really is. I think the one thing that could be a, a hindrance to him getting to 55 could be if they rest him for possibly a week at the end of the season, depending on how they're looking in the playoff standings. Um, they're going to like they have a first round bye and I guess battle out the number one seed with the Patriots. But I'm hoping that it still comes down to the final weekend and that if he's in if he's within reach, I could see Andy Reid giving him some chances at the goal line to pump up that number a little bit and get over that. I can 100% say it. Um, I, I think he'll do, keep playing. He needs to get looks, needs to see different defenses. Uh, so he's not seeing the same vanilla stuff. Hard to believe this is really basically – well, he's not a rookie. He's a first-year player, so he's basically a rookie at this point. Um, you know, kind of switching into a couple things that we saw that we kind of predicted on the right path. You know, we took a bit of flack for our Dolphins take. Uh, we had a guy online tell us how – what he thought of our, our picks there with the Dolphins. But they started out 3-0 really come crashing back down to earth. They're currently five and five. So they've gone two and five in the last seven. I guess my big question there is where, where are they going to go from here? You know, Tannehill got hurt. Osweiler came in. I mean, they've basically done the same thing. I mean, what, what do they do? 
Yeah, I think if you're still asking what your quarterback is after seven years in the league, it's probably a problem. Um, I think they need to do whatever they can to get out of the Tannehill situation. The cap relief doesn't seem to be great for letting him go. Um, he will return this week and he'll have maybe a four five game audition here at the end of the season really to show any promise and you know give himself a chance of being their 2019 starter. But I expect competition to come in possibly a high draft pick. They haven't really used one on a quarterback um, since Gase has been there. So I could see that being the the time to look at at something differently. But it was remarkable to see how Brock Osweiler came in and did almost the exact same thing. Like their numbers statistically are very, very similar. Um, I guess, where do you think they go from here? Um, I I think contract wise, when they gave him that four year, 77 million, 45 guaranteed and kind of bump the, uh, the signing bonus down the road this past year to free up some cap space. I think they're stuck with him. I think they got to write him out at least next year. Um, do they bring somebody in? Maybe. Um, I think as we talked when we did our, our week three learnings that, that you can't really bring a quarterback in and sit him. It doesn't really fit. Um, I just don't see it. I, I think they're going to have to ride him out. He, he's 30, so they'll probably go 31. I think if he can I, – I don't. I just don't think you can give him a call to perform a audition anymore. You know what you got with Tannehill. He is what he is. Unfortunately, not what they thought it was going to be. I don't think he's that great. Um, speaking of, they are what they are. Fitz Magic. I guess we were both wrong there. about that. I mean, yeah, kind of saw like coming with. I mean, he's not going to sustain this in his age thirty four, thirty five season when he's done this his whole career, where they've been red hot and then just awful. Um, yeah, I think last he's... week, last couple of weeks, really proved that. His, the risk-taking that he does and turning the ball over, just being completely reckless out there can be detrimental to the team and shows that he can't, you know, get this team into the playoffs this year and they're going back to Winston. So what do you think about what played out there with Fitzpatrick and going back to Winston, I guess, for an audition here at the end of the season? Oh, the hard part there is, I mean, I, I don't know what's my prediction. I figured Winston wouldn't play another down. Yeah. I was promptly proven wrong because I think he started the next week. So, like, hey, I'll admit when I'm wrong. The issue I have with Tampa Bay is we went Fitzmagic, rode that till the wheels fell off, went back to Winston. He came in, had two, two, three good games there right before the bye. And then we're then we he struggles. So we go back to Fitzmagic, ride that for a week, go another half. They're getting blown out. So we go back to Winston. You got two co you got a coach coaching first job with no fight. So it's obviously not Winston. It's not gonna be Fitzmagic. Unfortunately, Tampa Bay's wasting Mike Evans. They're wasting a couple of good players. So it's it's just not going to get any better down there. No, I don't think so either. I have been impressed with Todd Monken, their offensive coordinator. Um, for the most part, he's made this a really efficient passing offense. And the running game's actually been pretty solid given the players they have back there. I think if they can get the right quarterback in there, this is an opportunity for not only for fantasy football, but to be one of the um, you know more explosive offenses. It does – I mean, having – Lacking the quarterback's the biggest need, and that's a big problem. But he's at least one of the brighter up-and-coming minds in the game. I, I'd, agree, I'd agree with that. Um, so I think they've got some potential there on the staff. I just don't know how they're going to do it with uh, with the head coach and things along those kind of lines. They are leading the league in, in offensive yards per game. So I mean, they're getting yards. It's just, you know, we, we saw it last week. Every time you got close to the red zone, it was turnover. Yep. So it, that's what's killing them. That, that's literally what's killing them. Just the last thing on the Bucks is um, Jameis's contract next year doesn't have any guaranteed money. Um, it is that fifth-year option, so they could waive him without penalty. 
it'll be interesting to see. I mean, with him getting some game action here, they do run the risk of him tearing an ACL and that becoming a situation where they can't let him go. Um, so just something to monitor over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think they'll take their chances on that one personally. Uh, I just don't. I don't see it with Winston. I I haven't. The eating the W. The I just don't think he's that good. So yeah. you can't explain eating the W. For me, yeah, you can't let that down. Yeah, I mean eating the W will never will never die and go away. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, as we kind of switch over to what we saw was another one that wasn't super impressive to start the year. Um, the New England Patriots. Um, they're the New England Patriots. So they started slow and they've come raring back like crazy. Yep. They're in fact, what they've always been doing, um, back leading that division, nobody else has even been a threat for them and they seem to be running away with it. Um, I guess the biggest drama there has been Gronk, that ongoing injury looking kind of, I mean, looking really banged up, even off the field, walking around with a limp. Um, I guess, do you think this is the final year from him? And do you think he leaves or do you think he hangs on until Brady retires? I mean, I, this could be the last go-round. I think we, so we we spent a good time talking about it after week three. I think this is about the time Belichick's done. I don't think Grant can do it. Um, he wants to. I really want him to. He's super exciting and great, uh, you know, electric player. At the rate he's going by 40, he's not going to be able to walk. Uh, back injuries tend to be pretty scary. It's one of those things I don't think he really want to mess us with that much. I think he may hang on one more because I don't know how much more Tom's got left. But it sounds like the the, the trains can last one on is going to be stuck with the check. Yeah, I think that's right. Looking at some of his um, numbers this year and his PFF grades, he really doesn't seem to be standing out as an elite receiving tight end this year when he has been on the field. Um, definitely hindered by some injuries. So we'll see. We did see that he talked about the Lions trade rumors and that he was going to retire if – they went forward with that trade. So I think he's tied to Brady myself. So I think when Brady goes, he goes. And if Brady doesn't go this year, he may go ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's he's going to be one of those guys that you really wish could have stayed healthy um, I mean, and being worthy of one of those best-of-all-time conversations. He's still fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from him. It's just one of those between the knees and back. It, it's just sad to see how that one's going to go. Um, but speaking of a guy that – we some people were writing off for dead. Um, we were pretty hard on him there after three weeks, but Andrew Luck, uh, he's quickly shaping up into comeback player of the year. Uh, they were, I think, started at one and five, and they've made a they've made a roaring little bit of comeback here as a team um, after Frank Reich went for there for two and ended up losing. Uh, Dave, what do you see? You really been with the, the success that Andrew Luck's been able to kind of generate here and come back to being the Andrew Luck that we all remember. Yeah, I think he and both both he and Frank Wright deserve a lot of credit here. Um, I was dead wrong on this. I thought that I didn't like what I saw in the preseason. Uh, I didn't like what I saw even the first couple of weeks when it wasn't he wasn't throwing downfield much. Um, but it seems like Frank Wright's had this plan to ramp him up, get the ball out fast, and now he's event now he's throwing deep more, um, unleashing Ty Hilton downfield. It's been really impressive. He's bringing a lot of the principles that the Eagles used last year successfully, and they haven't this year. So. Part of the Eagles' um, failure this year may have to do with Frank Wright leaving and being one of the better minds in that um, offensive coaching room. But it's really interesting to see what they're doing with Luck, that he hasn't been sacked much at all, 10 sacks all year. I think it's the least of any regular starter. Um, and he just 
appears to be the guy, you know, he was years ago, which is hard to believe after sitting out for a year and having these serious, you know, injuries and surgeries that I'm just happy for him because I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Um, you could say he's fresh. Uh, not a lot of miles on the on the arm right now, uh, but I think Frank's done a, a good job kind of protecting him. I think there for the first several weeks, really seeing more of what he had in luck, um, able to really kind of work his way through, get a little better, open up the playbook. Um, and I think a lot of it for, for luck was mental. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hadn't been hit in two years. You're worried about the shoulder. What's it going to be like the first time you get sacked and get driven into that arm? Uh, but like he's getting the ball off fast, looking good, and looking like the luck of old. I'm I'm excited to see it. It's good for the league because um, with him and you know Mahomes and Goff and Wentz, you've got a good, real young, a younger core. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch going forward. Yeah, with um, you know Brady, Breeze, Rogers, all those guys getting up there, it is nice that we have a, a really good, strong core of young quarterbacks. And then we also have other guys like Deshaun Watson and Mitchell Trubisky and. Um, Baker Mayfield that all are showing some promise as well um, and at least gotten their teams to successful starts this year. Definitely. Um, I kind of look in one of the things that's been a bit more perplexing, but now they've made some changes, makes a bit more sense. We talked about the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they weren't, who knows what they did, were doing with Bradford. They weren't using David Johnson. The offensive coordinator was super questionable. Um, but there's been signs of life here this past week or two. Uh, you know, they, they ended up replacing Bradford with Rosen. Good move. Even though Rosen statistically hasn't played that good. Uh, they did, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, they did fire the offense coordinator. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Mike McCoy was let go. It's interesting that a first-year head coach brought him in as the offensive coordinator to work with a rookie quarterback. Definitely wouldn't have been my choice. Um they got rid of uh, McCoy and brought in Byron Leftwich, the old quarterback from Marshall, also played with the Steelers for a while, and Jags. Um, but I think that really has unlocked um, their David Johnson in the backfield, using him more as a receiver, which is obviously a strength, um, focusing more on Larry Fitzgerald in the passing game. All this stuff seems to make sense, but it wasn't being done before. And it's given Rosen a chance to – have some of the better games um, the last couple of weeks have been encouraging um, they're definitely not a good offense still but the signs are there to show some you know to give him a real chance at the position and hopefully we see some good signs later this year and into 2019 because I think he has a chance to be pretty special yeah we definitely got signs of life which is a lot more encouraging now if you do look at Arizona's first three games they were playing good teams yeah. Uh, we didn't really quite know how good at the beginning of the year because, like I said, you don't really know what you got at the beginning. But I know they had Minnesota, I think, Chicago. They had a couple of good teams, and I know Minnesota was one of them. Um, so it's nice to see that they're using David Johnson. You've got Larry Fitz. It just would have been nice that they would have gone with a more offensive-minded coach and a little – certainly not a retread in Mike McCoy because you kind of knew what you were going to get there. I mean, this is the guy that loads up the box and, and you know, it's running in goal line packages in midfield against the – 10-man box. It's, it's dumb. Um, that's not where the, the NFL is or where it's going. But, you know, now we've seen Rosen, uh, Lamar Jackson got to play this week. Uh, basically, now we've seen all five rookie QBs play. Um, you know, I know the over-under in Vegas was a half a game for Lamar Jackson starting this year, so congratulations to those who took the over. You made some money. Um, you know, we, we talked about them a little bit. If it's kind of me, I think it's a little early to know what you got with Lamar. He didn't run the ball 27 times. Um, yeah, it was a college offense. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he was he was running uh, read options and yeah. regular options and QB powers. So I'll be interested to see. He's, it looks like he's probably going to get another week this one with uh, Flacco and not Braxton with his hip. Uh, so I guess before we dive fully into the, into the into the rookie QBs, Dave, uh, when you look at Lamar Jackson and Flacco, you know Flacco's elite because uh, he had a good run. Do you think if Lamar goes on a run here, that Flacco gets his job back? I do think that Flacco gets his job back, but I think he probably shouldn't. Um, I mean, this year he has been better. Uh, maybe the pressure of having Lamar behind him has energized him a bit, and having a receiver like John Brown's definitely helped as well. But this team doesn't have a realistic chance this year, so I'd like to see them use Lamar Jackson more, see what he is so they can determine if he's the guy going forward or if they need to look elsewhere. Um, to your point, that offense was really interesting to watch because it was a lot of QB power running to the outside on option plays, which you just don't see in the pros. That's stuff we used to do on NCAA football um, with Pat White and guys like that, where you just – it's a different kind of game than you see in the NFL. Um, I'm really excited to see once defenses adjust to that, take that away a little bit because his passing wasn't that impressive, even though the numbers looked okay. Um, I guess how do you think they approach this going forward? Um, they took a conservative route. We know he can run. We know he's pretty solid at running. Uh, yeah. He looked pretty good running. Probably the best since Michael Vick at that. Yeah, you just can't get your quarterback hit 27 times a game running plus passes, drawbacks, and everything. He, he just, you won't make it. It's the NFL. Everybody runs a 440 NFL. So the stuff you can do at Louisville, while he can do some of the same stuff in the NFL, if you can get some good reads and misdirections, it will get you killed in the NFL. Yep. So, like I said, I think they should just let Flacco rest his hip. The seed, they're not going to win. They're not going to come suddenly come screaming past Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, and, and win that way. I would just say let it roll. You can do, you know, game management standpoint, see what he's got passing-wise. I mean, I say they're not going to come roaring back past Pittsburgh. They're really only, I guess, two and a half games back because they're five and five right now. Pittsburgh seven, two and one. So it's still theoretically possible. I just don't see it. Um, so I'd, I'd kind of see what you got. Depending on the next week or two goes, they they lose a couple games here, really fall out of it. They're they're going to be done. I think that's the key because yeah, they're right now tied for that sixth wild card spot. So even though we want to see Lamar Jackson, I think they're going to think we've still got a shot at this. And Flacco gives them a better chance, probably to win right now. Um, so until the Colts pull away for that spot, or uh, maybe Cincinnati gets it together, probably not. But I guess we'll see what happens there. They're still pretty much in contention, so maybe we'll see Lamar for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I could say that. Like you said, now kind of just double-checking the standings. You know, the Colts and Titans probably beat themselves up a little bit because um, they're both 5-5. Five and five. Ravens and the Bengals are 5-5. Five and five. Hell, the Dolphins are 5-5, five and five, but let's be honest, it's that's done. Yeah. Um, hate us all you want. The Dolphins are not very good. <laughs> that's the hill we're going to die uh, on. So like I said, I, I, I think it wins you Yeah, the Dolphins are not very good. Bad, bro. Uh, so we're good there, but like I said, I, I, they'll probably maybe go back to Flacco. But if I think if it'll win them Lamar, they keep rolling that train. Um, yeah. So it, it's been it's been different. So we've now, like I said, had all five rookie QBs go. Who do you got as your kind of top QB right now, and kind of going forward? So if you had to pick, you know, hey, I'm starting over. I got a, one of these five QBs to go with. Who are you going with? Um, it's been Rosen. For me to date, uh, I've been pretty steadfast with that since the draft, but I'm moving Mayfield to one. Uh, incredibly impressed by what he's done in Cleveland. 
um, under both coordinators there. He's been pretty successful. Running ability is good. He's just showing signs of you know, making the proper reads um, and leading their team as well as they can on offense. That defense is horrible, and the record, win-loss record doesn't reflect how good he's been. Um, but I've been thoroughly impressed and think as soon as he gets some more weapons there, um, they could be pretty good. I'll have Rosen at number two, and those two really stand out to me as the top two. Um, I think there's a lot of questions when you go down to Lamar Jackson, Darnold, and Allen. We just haven't seen a ton of those guys, and there definitely are concerns, especially with Darnold with the turnovers and lack of success he's had. I can see that. Um, I'm still on Rosen at one. Um, I think from an intangible aspect, I saw a lot in the preseason I was kind of excited about. Same with Darnold. Uh, I just think that team's really bad. Yeah. Uh, Bakers, now that they've gotten rid of some of the dead weight on that coaching staff, uh, we'll really get to see what he's got. I think Hugh was holding him back. I, I think they just did the entire offense coaching room was holding him back. So I'm excited to see kind of really, really what he's got now at this point. Because, I mean, you look at kind of Cleveland's record, they're three, six, and one. They've lost a lot of close games. The games they've lost, because uh, they lost by, you know, three to week two there in New Orleans. They lost by three to Oakland. Now, like, granted, they won by three against Baltimore. But, you know, they've had some close games, lost by mm-hmm. three to Tampa Bay. So you kind of go back and look, they got a lot of close games. So the team's not terrible. Uh, but when I look at kind of Rosen's on a bad team, so he kind of got a bad rap. I'm excited to see where he goes. For me, Jackson stays at five where I had him before. Enough with him. Uh, if he starts making some passes, I'm much more willing to talk about it. I just couldn't put him over Allen or Donald just because I don't think he has the arm. Um, for me, three and four is where it gets tough. So like right now I'm Rosen. I think Baker's too. I, he's really good. I like him. Huge fan of, of kind of how his attitude is and those kind of things. For me, three and four is real tough. Uh, right now I've got Allen at three. I think he's shown a little bit more. Big arm. Got aggressive. Won a game there. And I got Darnold at four, which kind of disappoints me because I was pretty big on Darnold when he came out. He was kind of my – you could have picked one of the big three and I would have been happy with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think the Jets are bad. I think Todd Bowles is not a good coach. They're stuck in the 1980s mindset. Yeah, I think if you open up, get them some playmakers, get a couple guys that can run, open the playbook up, spread them out, I think you got a shot. Um, I think he's a good QB. I think he makes pretty good reads. He definitely did preseason kind of going forward. I think he's just trying to do too much on a bad team. Yeah, he's kind of left to that result without having, you know, any running game, any big receivers. He's got Robbie Anderson as a deep threat, but that's really not considered number one receiver. Um, I'll be curious to see what they do this offseason to put him in better positions to win. For Rosen, Mayfield, and Jackson, at least we're seeing their offensive coordinators now tailor the offense towards them. Um I know for Mayfield, that was a huge issue where Todd Haley was still running his exact same scheme. And it worked pretty well in Pittsburgh, but he also had those elite playmakers there. And to not be doing things that are beneficial to Mayfield, like running on early downs and then getting into third and long and trying to have Baker, you know, bail them out isn't the way to have him uh, set him up for success. So I'm excited to see um, what they can do there without Todd Haley kind of holding them back a bit. We've already talked about Rosen under um, Leftwich and at least – even though Baltimore's offense didn't look like a pro offense that is not sustainable, at least they didn't just try to have him be a drop back quarterback and they embraced, you know, his strengths as opposed to what Flacco can do. Yeah. Agree a hundred percent there. We've got some coordinators that are making some good decisions, which is exciting to see. 
Um, I think that's what's going to hold back Darnold is until they get a coordinator that's in the 21st century. That for another podcast talking about the changes in, in NFL offenses and doing the things, you know, throw on second and, you know, run again on third. So but we'll save that for another time. Because like I said, I think the coordinators are doing better. I think it's – it's, it's a good crop. I'm excited to see where it goes forward. Like I said, I think a couple of those names could really shine going forward, um, you know, in the years to come and, and just kind of be – we're going to have some good quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. If two or three of those guys become regular quarterbacks and one or two is a star, that's a pretty successful year. Definitely. Uh, speaking of turning into a successful year, Houston Texans, 0-3, Probably on our not-so-great list. Now, I know Deshaun was coming off bad knee. J.J. Watt, well, I think it was coming off whatever, 3,000 injuries he's had recently. Mm-hmm. It's, they weren't looking real good. Um, they've rattled off seven in a row. Now they control the AFC South because they can just kind of do what they want. Now, um, it's, been, it's been impressive. Yeah, they're carried by that defense. Um, PFF ranks in the top five. Um Offense has been decent. It's been good enough. The passing game's pretty strong. Um, Watson's gotten better as the season's gone on, and it helps when you have those elite weapons. Hopkins has been one of the best receivers, as he usually is. And then to see Fuller and Kiki Cutie step up as other guys who can be relied upon uh, has been very promising. Of course, we're losing Fuller to the year. Uh, for the year, they brought in Demarius Thomas, and they really haven't missed a beat there either. Um, do you think that they are a viable threat for Kansas City or – the Patriots, or I think they're probably still a couple years away. It's the NFL, so anything can happen on any given week. Um, they've got a defense which will keep you in a game. I don't think they have enough offense to beat a Kansas City. No. Um, I, I just don't think even a top five defense, you're, you're going to have to score 30, 35, 40 points probably. Definitely at least 30 to beat Kansas City. That's not going to happen. If the defense can get after Tom Brady – Man, they got a chance of of maybe throwing an upset, depending on you know, especially other games, stop stuff up the run, make Tom kind of beat you in the bad weather. It's definitely possible. I think they're still a year or two away. I mean, if Deshaun takes that next step, I'm a huge fan of Kiki. Um, he's kind of like Will Fuller Jr., so I think they can keep him going there and not miss a beat. I mean, DT's done pretty decent since he got there. He had the revenge game starting out. I think it's, I think it's one of those, you know, they're 15 in the past, but the run game's been – the run game. Yeah. Lamar Miller is who we thought he was. Um, I'll be excited to see his foreman's coming back off that Achilles. If he can add some fresh legs and a little spark. Just don't know if they're going to be able to compete with the big dogs. Yeah. I don't think so either. Um, to your point, they could maybe make a run at the Patriots. I could see that being a, a difficult playoff game where Clowney and Watt are getting to Brady, getting some pressure there. Um, but as far as keeping up with the chiefs, that just seems hard to believe. Um, I guess yeah. one other major story I really wanted to hit on from this year was the Le'Veon Bell situation. So for those who aren't familiar, and I find it hard to believe that anybody would be unfamiliar with it at this point, but this has been going on all season. Um, last year he held out but did report on time for the regular season. This year franchise tagged again, held out. There was some promise that he'd be ready for the start of the season. Um, that wasn't the case. And that was promised from his own Twitter handle. Um, and everybody kind of thought it would happen by week 10. But as we've learned and as NFL writers have uncovered that 
it seems unlikely he'll get that franchise tag again from the Steelers. So he'll become a free agent without having to need that six games of service time. Um, I guess, how do you think he's handled that whole situation? Um, as a, pl- a guy that is pro player when it comes to contracts, because owners are stupid rich and they've only got to strike while the iron's hot, I'm okay with it. Um, he got – what I think he should have done was report and, quote, pull a hamstring and not get beat up. But one of the right. guys suggested that on live TV, so now you can't do that. <laughs> um, you know, from a guy, you passed up a guaranteed $14 million this year, expecting to, I believe he wants 45 guaranteed and 17 million a year. I think it's the, uh, what I saw was what he's expecting to get. So if he gets that, it's a great move because he's not going to get tagged next year because the tag QB money, which will make it 25, 26 million. So Pittsburgh's moved on at this point. I just don't, I think he, I think he will cost himself money in the long run. I agree. hundred percent. Um, Definitely pro, pro player as well. Um, you know, I know fans get on these players for how much they make and for, you know, fans will say, well, I'd do it for less than that. Well, of course you would, but that's not the case here. Um, it's, we don't usually criticize the owners who are making, you know, billions of dollars and getting their 50% of the revenue split. So I'm usually pro player here. I was pro, I was fine with this holdout, fine with even this holdout till week 10. I just think he's making you know, a big mistake by passing up. He passed up, uh, you know, 14 million this year, as you said, and as the weeks went on and it was another 800 grand each week, that was pretty alarming because I just don't see him getting this money back to your point. Being a free agent this off season, I can see a team making a splash on him and giving him a decent amount of money in year one and two, but I can't see anything being guaranteed beyond year two. Um, losing one of his most productive, you know, age years, seems to be concerning. So he didn't take any more wear this year, but he did get older and he is closer to approaching 30. I just don't see how he makes back what he lost, especially with the reputation and the unpredictability that he brought this year. It's not like that's too inviting for a new team. Yeah. I, I think he does hurt himself a bit as far as kind of wear and tear. I guess his concern was he signs a $14 million contract. They give him another 250 handoffs Plus, you figure he does a couple hundred, at least a couple hundred more plays in pass protection and maybe gets, you know, 60, 70 catches. You know, he seems pretty good receiving back. So now you're talking, now he's taking five, 600 hard hits off of himself. We've seen if, you know, if you can stay reasonably healthy, missing a year may not kill you. Um, I look at Adrian Peterson, blew a knee out, came back, was dominant. Now he's had a bit of resurgence this year, so he'll give Luck a run for comeback player of the year. I think you figure if you go, he would get 14 million, 14, 15, roughly a million this year, depending on what he signed for long-term you're talking. He probably cost himself 10, 12 million. I don't think he cost himself as, as much. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he'll definitely get a nice fat contract up front. Somebody will pay him. I'm looking at Oakland. Yeah. I can see that being because I know they're getting ready to move to Vegas. Here's a nice splash. Boom. We just pulled in one of the best running backs. Let's do it. We got a bunch of picks. This team's going to be something new. Um, I could totally see that working for them. Uh, Where do you think he's going to end up? That'll be really interesting to see. I think it's going to be a worse situation for him football wise. It's, it's hard to get a better situation than what he's had in Pittsburgh with a solid offensive line, a great quarterback and the big weapons on the outside that have really spread out defenses. I think if he looks at himself in a moment of truth, maybe five years from now, he's probably going to possibly regret leaving because 
not only did he give up the money this year, it's not as if he wouldn't have gotten a big offer next year. I think that still would have been there, even though he's 27 with some miles. We've seen teams make these ridiculous offers still. Um, so I think the offer this offseason might have been the same if he had played, even with more miles on there. But back to your question. Um, where does he land? Raiders make a ton of sense. They need a splash. Gruden needs something positive going into Vegas. And especially if they draft a quarterback high, it seems like the car breakup is impending. Having a top running back who can catch out of the backfield would be a nice weapon to have. Um, I could see them being a player. I could see the Texans being a player. Um, any team with a decent amount of cap space rolling over. So I know the Eagles need a running back. It doesn't seem like they're going to be an option. Um, but I'm really curious to see what teams step up. I think he's going to be surprised with the market that it's not going to be as good as he thought. But there will definitely be suitors. He's still one of the best. Oh, yeah. He, he, people will call. Um, yeah. As far as long-term deal, I don't think he'll get as much as he wants. Um, still, like you said, only being 27, got a lot of great opportunities there. So, I mean, you can kind of run down a list and just go ahead and start marking teams off that you know he's not going to go to. Um, now, so without looking at cash space off the top of my head, like I said, Houston makes sense. I think they should try to move on from Lamar. He's just not enough there. Believe it or not, I could see him if Cleveland throws him some money because they got a lot of cap space. I pair him up with Chubb. Now you've got a, a good one-two combo there. Uh, plus you got Baker. I don't think he'll necessarily – he may regret missing some money. I don't think he'll regret leaving Pittsburgh. Um, I don't think him and, – and this is just kind of the opinion I've got through social media and kind of watching stuff. I don't think him and Big Ben got along that well. So I think there's a little riff there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Pittsburgh doesn't make a knife. He misses. Now, they win a ring. I think he gets upset. Other than that, it's, hey, I'm saving myself a lot of wear and tear. Right. Yeah, look. But if you ask me if you're, to answer my own question, I probably should say where I think he's going to land. Um, if I had to pick one team to where I think he's going to land, if it's not Oakland, I'm going Cleveland. Okay, that's interesting. In tandem with Nick Chubb. Yep, because now I think you've got two good running backs, so you can take a little wear off of him, but definitely use him in a passing game um, and give Baker that elite running back he could definitely use. Okay. I like that. One team we didn't mention, um, they're actually at the highest odds in Vegas is the Jets. So they'll also have a lot of money. I think for the same reasons we like it for Baker, we probably like it for Darnold as well. I would love it more than Jets if they didn't have Todd Bowles. I'll, I'll just put it out there. I'm not a, you're not going to find me on Todd Bowles. Yeah. I, I'm, not on, I'm not on the Todd Bowles fan club. I'm probably not getting a Christmas card from him after this, but I, he's holding them back. So if they get a nice young offensive-minded coach, this offseason with a GM that's not afraid to spend some money, say, hey, let's let's get after it. Let's make some money. Mm-hmm. A three-year, you know, he wants $45 million, $45 million front load the hell out of it, not a terrible deal. Right. Yeah, make that um, third year non-guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you could guarantee 25 up, you know, 20 and 25. So you want to make a splash. If you got the cash space, you're not going to use it. You might as well. Yeah. He'll get his money. He'll get his annual value that he's looking for. But um, as we kind of get close to wrapping this up, because we're going to do one of these more again at the end of the regular season and then one after the Super Bowl, so we kind of do our, you know, 2018 review like we did there with baseball. We're pretty much a little bit past halfway here. Um, so we're looking MVP and Super Bowl. What do you got? All right. So MVP, I think it has to be Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's just taking the NFL by storm this year and he's, he won't have as much competition on his own team. So thinking about 
Breeze, he's aided a lot by that running game, but he's been terrific on his own too. He's PFF's number one graded quarterback, uh, one interception all year. He's got some great weapons, and he's aided by that, you know, Kamara Ingram tandem. Um, so I think that hurts him a bit in terms of the individual voting. I'd go Mayfield one, but I think also luck should be in consideration somewhat. Um, we didn't mention James Conner, and obviously he's not an MVP candidate, but I think what he's done in terms of comeback player of the year, he should be there with luck. Um, coming back from the cancer diagnosis that he had, clearing that. And then last year, he just didn't have the same burst, looked like a below average player who was a bit slow. And then this year, he's been at least an above average running back. Um, even when you factor out the situation that he's walked into, he's been pretty solid. Um, so that's been really nice to see. And it's been, and it's kept the Steelers afloat given a tough situation. So jumping back to your question, I'd say Mahomes. How about you? Um, I'm staring at the Vegas odds right now. Odds on favorite is Drew Brees. Um, is it really? That's what they, wow. Yep. Breeze is the number one favorite. He's minus 210, where the next closest is Mahomes, a plus 200. Um, that's a big difference. Don't, don't ask me what that means because I ain't got a clue. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can bet over-unders. Don't ask me about minus pluses on these things. So that just means uh, I think a lot of it is – With Breeze, you'd have to bet 220 to win 100. Gotcha. Um, that's That's crazy. Well, I think it's because he's 25 touchdowns, one pick, nine and one record. They yeah, just the record blew the hell out of the Eagles. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're currently co-favored with the Rams to win the Super Bowl. He's looking really good. Uh, so it's definitely the Breeze Mahomes. I like Mahomes in it. I think what he's been able to do, just from a flash and a sizzle standpoint, it yeah. looks so much more impressive just because the man flicks the wrist and the ball goes 70 yards on a rope to somebody running full full stride at a 4-3. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I really, I think it'll end up being Breeze just because I'm not going to disagree with Vegas on that one, but I would like it to be Mahomes. But you're, but you're right, because neither one of them, I don't think, have anybody that takes away from them because uh, you're not – Michael Thomas isn't going to get stuff. You're not going to get a Tyree Kill or a Kareem Hunt where somebody like a Goff and a Gurley really eat themselves up because yep. between the two of them, they're both looking really good. So yep. it's kind of tough on that one. I think as we get closer to – if Mahomes does get closer to that Peyton Manning record, some of the buzz for that is going to impact voting. Agree. If he breaks the record, he definitely gets it. Yeah. Um, if he throws, you know, 57 to 58. Yeah, if he, he throws, you know, he's on pace for 54. He has a couple one of those really big blow-up games where he gets another five, six touchdowns. You got to give it to him if he gets – if he breaks Peyton's record. I don't know how you can be MVP, breaking a touchdown record, and not get it. Yeah. So, we're both going Mahomes there. Um, like I said, I think it'll be Drew Brees. I think Mahomes is the guy who should win it. So that leads us to uh, dance, the Super Bowl. I know we've talked in week three. We've kind of rattled off a bunch of teams we think could get up there with the New England, the Jacksonville, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Chiefs, Rams. I don't think we talked too much Saints. I right. think they had enough there. But now we've gone through – this is last week, so everybody basically everybody's had a buy. So what do you think there, Dave? I think the Rams and the Chiefs should be the favorites. I'm looking at the odds on Bovada here. Rams and Saints are plus 325 as the two favorites to get there. Um, Chiefs next, then Patriots. Then it's a pretty big drop-off down to the Steelers. Um, it's definitely a crop of probably four teams at the top. I made the mistake of putting Jacksonville near the top of my um, projections for the Super Bowl, and that was a huge mistake. 
I forgot that Blake Bortles is Blake Bortles, and that's a that's not a good thing. So um, I want to go Rams and Chiefs and hope we get half the game we got on Monday. Um, I guess what are your thoughts here? Uh, hey, if you look at – we got a lot of good teams. Um, so it's – you kind of look at the – let's talk the Westgate Super Bowl odds here real fast while I'm taking it. You know, Super Bowl odds, Saints are 2-1. to one. Rams are three to one. Chiefs are seven to one or seven to two. Steelers eight and one, six and one. Um, it's going to be honestly. You're going to have two fantastic. I think you're going to have really three fantastic games. I think you're going to get Chiefs and probably Patriots as a rematch uh, for the AFC title. So that's going to be a great game. That's going to be. Um, if it is, if it's in Arrowhead, I think it's Chiefs. Um, if it's in New England, that's going to be close. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I still think the Chiefs will win that one. Um, but I think the NFC title game of Rams-Saints is going to be epically good. Yeah. Because uh, Chicago can't keep up. I don't think, you know, an L.A. Chargers or Houston Texans. Like, there's nobody else in the East I think can keep up. So that's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to come over come down to turnovers. Um the Rams have a poor run defense where I think the Saints can eat them up like they did last time. So I'll take Saints. I'm going to go Saints, Chiefs, and I'm going to go Chiefs with a win in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid gets over to home. Okay. I'm going to say the AFC team that gets their wins, whether it's the Rams or Saints, but I'll pick the Rams. Hmm. You going Rams over Chiefs? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the, either way, it's going to be a heck of a game. Like I said, I think this is where I think Andy Reid gets over to home. He's been through a lot of these. Now he's been through – one of them, he's seen it before. Yeah. I think that would awesome. be a great matchup. Like I said, I think you're going to have between championship weekend and then Super Bowl, I think you're going to have some insanely great games. Yeah. If one team falls behind by 14, you're not worried. They can definitely come back in this. So it's going to make a fun, a fun playoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, and they're going to be high scoring affairs. It's not going to be a, hey, we had a 12 9 game. So that's yeah. really what's going to be exciting. So as we kind of wrap this up here, uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to revisit this again at the end of the regular season. Um, so we'll kind of get into that, and then we'll see what our playoff matchups are, kind of go through any of our big regular season trends. Then we'll do one at the end of the Super Bowl as we give our 2018 wrap-up. Uh, next week we will, I promise, we're going to get back to our analytical series. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Sixers. Um, we'll even touch a little bit on the Markel Fultz drama. But it's really going to be focused on the analytics side of kind of trusting the process. What does that mean? And how the Sixers have been really been able to integrate analytics in a player-friendly way. Because uh, if you can't get the players to buy in, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so I really do appreciate you guys listening. Uh, please remember to like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, that stuff really means a lot. That's why we did another one of these. We got some great feedback from the first one, and people wanted more. Uh, you can find the uh, – podcast on twitter at evil sports pod you can find me at drew ferraro 88 where can you find your stuff dave d sanders 877 yeah and to your point um please subscribe uh share with friends the download numbers are up which we're really pleased with really proud of um so definitely you know we're glad that some of you are enjoying and definitely hope to uh, you know continue this going forward yeah love doing it so we thank you guys like i said like rate subscribe find us on social media tell your friends uh, if you got any comments, questions, some topics you want us to talk about, let us know. Thank you, guys.